Thank you for your faithfulness. You know, we got this long weekend here and, um, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes when a long weekend's coming or a vacation, maybe you have vacation, you kind of want to just turn off your brain, you know, and you kind of want to check out for a little bit. I don't know if you're like that. I kind of like to do that. But but sometimes I have trouble turning things off because, I, you know, I think a lot. I think a lot. I don't know if any of you are out there like that or thinkers, but uh, I, I am a thinker. And I have questions a lot of times, certain questions like this. Uh, why are actors in movies but on television? You ever wonder that? Why are actors in movies but on television? And why do toasters have a setting that will burn toast? You ever wondered that? I always wonder this. Is there such a thing as a number one pencil? (laughs) You know, what happens if you get scared half to death twice in one day? That's a problem, it seems like. I also wonder this. What do Greeks say when they don't understand something, they can't say, is it Greek? That's Greek to me. How about this? I wonder this. If someone says, hey, this is a picture of me when I was younger. Isn't every picture of us when we were younger? All right, come on, guys, wake up here. I just, this is all intended for us to get engaged, get awake, wake up. All right, for those, since we're not cooking out tomorrow, this may not resonate, but isn't egg salad really just chicken salad? There we go. Now we're waking up. Why do slim chance and fat chance mean the same thing? All right, I'm going to get this over with. Who was the first person to look at a cow and go, hmm, that, I bet that tastes good. You ever wonder these things? All right. Moving on, okay. You know, this is Labor Day weekend, and uh, it's good to laugh, good to have a good time. Uh, But do you know that you can have joy at work? You can have joy at work. Do you believe that? Do we have a view of work where we go, why, I enjoy work. Work is a joyful thing. Uh, You know, some interviewers will ask this question. They will ask this question. What is your philosophy about work? So you go to a job interview, and sometimes an interviewer will ask you, what is your philosophy about work? Well, Christian, what is your philosophy about work? Do you have a philosophy? Do you know that the Bible has a lot to say about work? You know, what is interesting is this, and I find this is interesting. There are websites that tell you how to answer questions to interviews. So, in other words, you can go and you, they'll tell you these are some interview questions and here's what you need to say. So you don't really answer the question. You just repeat what the website tells you to say. Uh, so, but, so, but to that question about what is your philosophy about work, a web, I read a website that had a few answers to this. So one is say, my philosophy when it comes to work is to do my best every single day. Never procrastinate procrastinate and always approach a challenge with an open mind this mentality has certainly helped me work my way through many challenges in the workplace well that sound that sounds good okay another said this my philosophy towards work is that if you choose a career you love it would never feel like work i choose this career because it left me feeling whole even after a busy day people rely on me and i am able to help them to live a life with dignity. 
That's good. Maybe many times I've heard that one that, you know, if you find a job that you love, it really does not feel like work. So that can be our philosophy. Just find a job that you love and then it won't feel like work. How about this one? I take my work seriously and committed to performing to be best of my ability. The company's success is my success. I also value respect and as such am extremely respectful toward all clients and every single individual at the company. That's a good answer. That may get you hired, okay? But Christian, if I were to ask you today, what is your philosophy about work? What would you say? Is our view of work the same or different than the world's? Do we have the same view of work as the world has about work? Uh, you know, we are living in a world that is demanding, that is demanding equal outcomes instead of equal opportunities. Do we have that sort of, have we adopted the world's philosophies? We're living in a world that has a certain expectation for quality of life regardless of individual work ethic. Have we adopted the world's philosophy? Question though, question for you Christian, would people be able to tell you are a Christian by observing how you work? Would there be something different about you by how you work? How we work says a lot about our character. Do we demonstrate a Christ-like character in our work? Okay. Do you know that you can have joy? You can have joy in work. Now, the world often sees work as a means to an end to get what they, uh, something that, that they want, some, something out of it. Uh, and if they're not getting it, there's no joy. But you know you can have joy. Every single Christian here, no matter where you work, no matter what your job is, you can have joy in your work. So by the end of this message, I hope and I trust that you will see that that is true and how you can have joy at work. Ephesians 6, 5-9, through 9, as John already read, says this, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free." And ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is respect of persons with him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we spend some time looking at what you have to say about work, Lord, and about the Christian work ethic, Lord, and how we can have joy in work, Lord, I pray, Lord, that folks would see that we're different. We're different from the world's philosophies, Lord, that people would see Christ in us in whatever we do, Lord. I pray for everyone here, Lord, and we thank You for the long weekend, Lord, as we do get tired, Lord. and uh, Lord, when we go back to work, Lord, I pray that people would see Christ in us. And I thank You for it. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, 
In the Word of God, we see uh, the command to work. The command to work. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 10 through 11 says, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. You know this, when we don't work, we tend to find more trouble. We can ourselves get into trouble. And I think it's no, been no surprise over the last couple of years when lots of people have not been working for, uh, as we're in a pandemic, that we've seen an increase in various kinds of crimes and trouble. And that's what happens when we are idle. Okay. And, and, and so Paul was speaking to the church here and he, he was saying, okay, uh, you know what? If you're not working, if you're not helping, you're not participating, you're not in the work. Okay. You're not to eat. Okay. So there's a command that we need, that we're expected to, to work. We're expected to do something. Okay. And then he, there's a warning about what happens when, uh, when, when you don't work. So, so he, so he notices, notes this problem. Okay. That the, there were those that were not working, but they were causing trouble. They were busybodies. They were going around talking and gossiping while the others worked. You know, you ever wondered, okay, you go, you're going by a construction site and it, maybe it's a city workers or state workers and they're maybe one's down there working and three are over here. You ever wonder what the three are talking about while well, the one's working? Well, they, who knows what they're talking about? But a lot of times what, what we end up doing when we're not working is we're up to no good. Okay. So, so the command here was if you don't work, you do not eat. But when you don't work, idleness tends to create carnality. We tend to give in to carnality. Okay, so there's this warning here. Okay, uh, so notice this. The one causing trouble, okay, the ones that were causing trouble, they weren't working. They had idle time. They weren't helping. Now, uh, and then two, they were disorderly. They were disorderly. What does that mean? What does it mean? Well, if you talk to someone that's in the military, they can tell you what disorderly means. Well, disorderly means that you're out of order, that you're out of rank. Okay. One time during a training exercise in, in the field, there's a young recruit. Uh, he naively asked the commanding officer, sir, where is the foxhole? The officer said, you're standing on it. Just throw out the dirt. Okay, we tend to, when we are idle, to get disorderly, to get out of rank. Okay, have you ever been around someone that does not work or does not work hard, but seems to know how everyone else ought to do their job, but they're not working? Okay, uh, someone that is disorderly is, is disorderly is out of rank. They have gotten out of their lane. There, this is someone that wants to tell everyone else what to do but does not do their own job, okay? Uh, have you heard the expression, too many cooks in the kitchen, okay? Too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, Christian, when you get hired for a job, okay, work at hard at the job you were hired to do, okay? Too often, we want to do everybody else's job. Work hard at the job we were hired to do. This can happen in the church as well. We can be idle in the work of the ministry. We can have all the answers for how everyone else ought to do their part. But then look at 
Verse 6 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 6 tells us what to do with those that are idle in the work of the ministry. And they're being disorderly. It says this, Now we command you, this is a commandment, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition which he received of us. So, if you're not involved in the work and you're out of rank and you're telling everybody else how to do it, okay, folks, we're supposed to withdraw from them. Three, notice this. Those that were idle, they were, they were not working, they were disorderly, and they were busybodies. They were busybodies. Not only were they not helping, they were not being productive. They were being counterproductive. They do not, they weren't helping fix problems but adding to the burdens of others that were working. Do you know that? You can not only say, well, I'm, you know, I'm just going to step back. I'm not working. I'm not helping. But you can be adding to the burden of those that are working by telling them how they need to do it. And you're not helping. You're not doing anything. So you can be counterproductive when you begin, uh, get into the affairs of everyone else. If you have time, get this. If you have time to talk about how other people ought to do the work, you have time to read your Bible and pray. If you have time to talk about how others work and how others serve or how others do their work, you have time to read your Bible and pray. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13 says this, "...and withal they learn to be idle." Withal they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. So, folks, if you're idle in your life, in your life, if you don't have something to do, you are ripe for Satan to get a hold of you and begin using you for his purposes. So, in Paul's first epistle, uh, he, uh, uh, he commanded them to tend to their own business and not the business of others. Thus, being a good testimony to the world. First Thessalonians four eleven says, "And that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands." as we commanded you. You know, at work, we shouldn't be known as Christians those running to the boss telling on everybody else. No, he's not doing this. He's not doing Look what I'm doing. They're not doing this. Do we just mind our business and work hard? Or are we known as tattlers? Folks, we get in trouble when we get into other people's business. It says in verse 12, why do you do this? That you may walk honestly toward them that are without, that you may have lack of nothing. Okay, so one is that we see the command to work. If we're not working, we're idle, we tend to get into trouble. Two, respect your work. Respect your work. Ephesians 6 5 says this Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in singleness of heart as unto Christ. First of all, notice this. Notice this. This Ephesians, okay, in this chapter, this, proportion, this portion of Scripture was written to those that were bondservants. They were slaves. 
Now, I trust that none of us hey, are, are slaves. Now, you may feel like a slave at work, okay, but you are, were not under this sort of arrangement, okay, that they were speaking of, that where there was a master and the servant, master, slave, okay? So, but when you look at these instructions, keep that in mind. It says to be obedient to them that are your masters with fear and trembling. Are you known as someone that complains about your boss? Complains about your employer? Now, I trust that none of us are slaves, but this still applies in the employer-employee relationship. Okay? But does that match up with your work philosophy? Isn't that against nature? It's almost like a pastime to complain about work, isn't it? To complain about our bosses. To get together and maybe on your lunch break and just complain and complain and complain. Ask again, Christian. Would people know that you're a Christian at work by how you approach these things? Do we stand out differently? Will we refuse to participate in those things? Do we go to work with good attitudes, ready to do what our boss asks us to do? Look at verse 5. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling. You say, oh man, you don't know my boss. You don't know who he is. You don't know how bad it is. No, but God does. And He knew that when He wrote this. Okay? But understand this. Please get this. Hopefully you're awake here. Who is really your master? Who is your master? He is saying this. Read the whole verse. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. That's the key. Who is really your master? He's saying this. Work as, as you would if Jesus is your boss. Work as, you, as if as you would if Jesus was your boss. He says, respect Him just like you would respect me. You say, oh, you don't know my boss. It's because Jesus is your master. This is His instructions. We're being obedient to Him when we are Christ-like in our respect for our jobs. You know, because we represent Christ in all that we do, and that includes your job. You may say, well, you just don't know my boss. Think of Joseph. Think of Joseph. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. What a raw deal. He's in slavery. Yet Joseph prospered while in slavery. Let me read to you Genesis chapter 39, verses 2 and 3. It says this, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. He was in slavery, but yet he prospered. Joseph had a good attitude. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So he's in his, he's under Egyptian slavery to his master. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Employer saw something different about Joseph. Does your employer see something different about you than the world? And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Look, because the Lord was with him, he was able to prosper under a slave, and under Egyptian master. Christian, we will never prosper as complainers. We won't. However, if we 
respect Christ, and really that is our fear of Christ when we obey this commandment, we put Him as our Master, and folks see Christ in us in our job. I trust it may not be prospering in the way you want to prosper, but in eternal things and spiritual things, I trust that you will prosper. So Joseph didn't complain about his situation. He respected his master. How about Nehemiah? Remember Nehemiah? He had to get King Artaxerxes permission to go build the wall at Jerusalem. He showed him respect and he went to the king and asked permission to go do the work. God used both Joseph and Nehemiah mightily. They were humble. But then look at our next. Look at the motivation. What is your motivation, Christian, for work? What is your motivation? Is it the same as the world? Verses 6 and 7, Ephesians 6 says this, not with eye service, so do these things, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Christ is your master. There are a lot of things that can motivate us to work and to work with a, uh, to a good attitude. We can work hard to make enough money that we have the lifestyle we want, and that can be our motivator. If I get the money, we can afford the lifestyle we want, and so that can be a motivator. We can work hard to, to get the promotion that we want. We can work hard to be known for our work. Uh, but the Bible tells us to work hard. Well, we don't work hard for a paycheck. That's nice, okay? We should get paid for our work. But we don't work hard for a new car. We don't work hard so people will think some, something of us. We work hard because it makes Jesus look good. That's why. That should be our motivation. Colossians 3.23 Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Do you work hard when the boss is around, but when he's not around, you slack off? That's not Christ-like. Christ is our Master. He sees all we do. So our motivation for a Christian to work hard is to make Jesus look good. That is only motivation, by the way, that will keep you going when work is hard, when work is difficult, when it's not going the way you want it to go. If your motivation is for Jesus to look good, the work you do, no matter what the conditions uh, you will work hard. If your motivation is about yourself, though, okay, if it is about us and it's about you and I, we, we, will, we can become disgruntled when things don't go our way. However, if your motivation is Christ, you will see this, that when others are grumbling and complaining, you'll see it as an opportunity, an opportunity to be a testimony of Christ living in you. Are you known as a hard worker for the glory of God? You know, there were employees in a, at a Detroit business office one time that, uh, that, that they'd come to work and they found this notice on the bulletin board. The notice says this. It says, the management regrets that has come to their attention that workers dying on the job are failing to fall down. This practice must stop as it becomes impossible to distinguish between death and the natural movement of the staff. Any employee found dead in an upright position will be dropped from the payroll. 
It should never be said about a Christian, right? Can they tell that you're even there, that you're working hard? Do you stick out in a good way? We can stick out in a way that is not honoring to Christ. If your motivation to work hard is based on your paycheck, your hard work will be tied to your paycheck. Let me say that again. If your motivation to work hard is based on your paycheck, your hard work will be tied to your paycheck. If your motivation to work hard is to get promoted, your hard work will be tied to whether you get promoted or not. If your motivation to work hard is to please men, you will only work hard when men are watching. However, get this, if your motivation to work hard is tied to the glory of God, you will work hard no matter what. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do all to the glory of God. Christian, what is your motivation to work hard? Are you working hard for your paycheck? What happens when you're not getting paid what you want to get paid? Are you working hard to get a promotion? What happens if you don't get that promotion? Do you get bitter? If you're working hard to get respect, what happens when you don't get the respect that you think you deserve? But if you work for the glory of God, you will work hard no matter what happens. Let's look at the reward for work. What is the reward for work? Ephesians 6.8 Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. You know, at the end of a work period, we expect to receive a paycheck. That is the wages, which is what you get, right? So how many would be upset, though, if you didn't get your paycheck? You know, you work and then you get down and they're, they're, oh, you know, we just decide we weren't going to pay you for this period. We'd be upset, right? But is that what we're working for? Sure, you should get paid. But if your reward for work is your paycheck, your joy will be tied to your paycheck. If your reward, get this, if you see the primary reward for your work is your paycheck, your joy will be tied to your paycheck. You got a large paycheck, you're full of joy, right? You're happy. If your paycheck's not what you want it to be, oh, you know, it's going to be a rough weekend, right? If your reward for workers respect, your joy will be tied to how you're respected. If your reward for work is power and influence, your joy will be tied to your power and influence. If your reward for work is waiting for you in heaven, though, your joy will be tied to your testimony to others. You get that? A lot of times we don't have joy in our work is because we see have taken on the world's philosophy. We see our reward for our work to be our salary, our position, our respect, all those things. But if we're working for the glory of God, that's our reward. That He's glorified. The folks see Christ in us. That should, does that give you joy? Your joy will not be in how much you, if you, your joy is tied to your testimony to others, your joy will not be in how much money you get paid, but by how your work pleases Christ. You know, as we get closer and closer to the rapture, things, uh, I believe, are gonna get tougher and tougher for Christians. We're kind of seeing this already in our nation. The question of this, if it gets to a point 
where it is financially harmful to you to be a Christian, will that change your attitude about work? Would you deny being a Christian because you know it may cost you something? Will your attitude be determined or change if it becomes financially harmful to be a Christian? You know, we've already seen businesses that have suffered for being a Christian. You may begin to see discrimination at work for being a Christian employee. But understand this, Christian. Those things should not be our motivator and they should not change our attitude toward work. As our primary work is this. Get this. Your number one title that matters more than that than your title at work is you are an ambassador for Christ. And that won't change no matter what status your status is at work we are his servant so to change how we work is to say that we have been working for a different master all along let me say that one more time so to change if your circumstances change and that changes how you work you're saying you've had a different master all along if you had the same master your work would be the same from day one until now nothing will change because your master hasn't changed but what happens is when our paycheck changes and our attitude changes, we realize that money was your master, not Christ. Do you get that? Or were you with me here? So to change how we work when our circumstances changes at work is to reveal that we had a different master all along. If Christ is your master now, nothing should change regarding your attitude towards work. So as we look for the coming of our Lord, we must continue to work hard. Be a good testimony. You may experience things at work, but we need to stick out as proper representatives of Christ. You know, there was a gardener for a large estate one time in northern Italy, and he was showing a visitor through the, through the castle and, and through the all the well-groomed grounds and just the beautiful landscapes. And, uh, and as the visitor had lunch with the gardener and his wife, he was commending them for the beautiful way that they were keeping the gardens. And he asked this, he said, by the way, when was the last time the owner of the estate was here? The gardener replied, well, about 10 years ago. So the visitor asked, then why do you keep the gardens in such an immaculate, lovely manner? The gardener said this, because I'm expecting him to return. He said, I don't know when he is coming, but I'm expecting him today. If Christ were to come today, would you have a good testimony of how you work? Would you have a good testimony? Is he your master? Are you working with that day in mind for when he comes if so, nothing should change in our attitudes towards work. Why keep working hard with a good attitude even if it gets hard? Because you work for the Lord. Because you work for the Lord and He is coming any day. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. And whatsoever ye do, whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing what? Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. Your reward's in heaven. 
for our attitudes, how we work, how, what our testimony is. Uh, and do we reflect Christ? That's our reward. For you serve the Lord Christ. We will not receive rewards for how much money we made in our life. When it comes to heavenly things, when we go to heaven, you're not going to get a reward and say, boy, you know, you made $5 million in your life. Here's your, here's your big trophy. Okay. That's not how, or, you know, you only made a couple hundred thousand. You get a little reward. No, no. We will not receive rewards for how much money we made or how much power we had, what our titles are, but we, what we did in service to the Lord. That's your reward. First Corinthians 3.8 says this, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Are you going to be empty-handed when you go into eternity? Think about the work that Jesus came to do. Think about the work that He came to do on the cross for you and I. He did it with joy. He did it with joy. And He faced more than any of us will face. But He did it with joy. Hebrews 12.2 says this, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What was that joy that was set before Him? What is this joy that He was talking about? It was this, doing the will of the Father. That was his joy. He took joy in doing what God asked him to do. Do you get joy in being obedient to God? Although he suffered during his earthly ministry, get this, he was able to take great joy in fulfilling his calling. He took great joy in that. He didn't get a big paycheck in the way the world sees it. But he got joy and is now sitting at the right hand of God. So Jesus' work in redeeming mankind, understand this, it's not done. He's now working through you and I. He's now working through you and I. So understand this. I don't know what your jobs are like, but I do know this. You can have joy no matter what your job is, no matter what the conditions are, if we put these principles into practice. So the key to having joy in your work is this, is to see your work as a mission field in service to the Lord. If you see it that way, you see that your reward is in heaven, you see Christ as your master, He is your employer, that you work for Him, you can work with joy no matter what happens, and your attitude won't change based on circumstances at work and you can have joy christian you can have joy but we have to make sure our motivation is right just like christ he's our example who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross christian we need to set an example we need to be christ-like we need to reflect christ in our work i trust that you can have joy when you go back to work on tuesday Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for the example of Christ, Lord. And Lord, I know some folks are facing difficult circumstances at work. And Lord, they have to put feet to their prayer. Lord, they have to put faith into practice, Lord. 
I know it's easy for me to say these things, Lord, but when we get challenged with uh, difficult circumstances at work, Lord, I pray that we'd glorify you. Uh, folks would see we have a different philosophy than the world. Lord, that they'd see our joy is in heavenly things, not in our circumstances, it's not in our paycheck, it's not in how our boss treats us, but it's in you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be good testimonies in this world. And Lord, uh, you'd be pleased with us. Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, that life is not just about the things that we see. Lord, there's more to come. The best is to come. We thank you for it. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You stand with your eyes closed and heads bowed. And as Brenda plays an invitational hymn, perhaps you would like to come forward and say, Lord, maybe you have a tough circumstances at work and you say, Lord, I need strength. We can't do these things in our own strength. Maybe you want to come forward and say, Lord, would you give me strength? This is really tough. Uh, I need your strength to be obedient to you. many here say, I want to be a good testimony at my job, uh, and I need help. I need God's power and for, to be a good testimony. Hey, who, who would say, I want to be a good testimony at work? Hands all over. Who would say, I really haven't been having joy at my work. I realize that I've had the wrong motivation. Is there anybody like that today who says, I know I've had the wrong motivation. Thank you for those hands. I'm praying for you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Did you make a commitment to make Christ your master, Him your employer, that you work for Him? Folks, we all need that. It's easy for us to all get onto the wrong things. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Is there anybody here that says, I don't know for sure my sins are forgiven. I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Would you raise your hand so I could pray for you this morning? Is there anybody like that this morning? says, I do not know for sure I'm going to heaven. Anybody? Praise the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that you're so forgiving, so merciful. Lord, when we get off track, Lord, you help us to get back on track, Lord. And thank you for this reminder, Lord, that you are our master. We are your servant. And Lord, we can take joy and when we live for you. I thank you for it and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we leave here today, uh, remember, 5 o'clock prayer meeting, we are having service tonight. I encourage you to come back. Uh, have, I trust that you will have a good Labor Day and that you'll get rested. And for those that you have to work, we're praying for you. And, um, and uh, I want to thank you again for all your faithfulness. So as we're dismissed in prayer, uh, I trust that as you go to work today, we can go to work with a different perspective.